0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Bible Discoveries, The Weekend Show. I'm Corey. if this is your first time here, and I'm joined by Matlock. Hey, Matlock. Hey. You doing good?
1: Doing good. (laughs) I guess Huh?
0: Huh? Go.
1: I just said we're here for another episode.
0: (laughs) We are. Second episode of the year.
1: Yes, let's do it.
0: It's good. 2024. We are reading through the Bible in one year, this year, with Bible Discovery. Yes. And Bible Discovery TV. And this show that you have landed on we talked about big issues that pop up during the week that we don't always get a chance to deal with on the daily show. Plus, Matlock's not on the daily show. So it's nice to have you here, Matlock. <laughs> you're a good sounding board. Yeah, and you're yeah, and, yeah. and you're I appreciate your contributions All right, thank to you. our Bible study.
1: I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> so what we were supposed to read this week. All our right, second. So we were weekend. supposed to
1: read Genesis 23 to 43. Yes. Now, That's and if you didn't, that's okay. This this portion is here to help catch up with certain things. Mm-hmm. But also. We have a lot of questions because a lot of the questions from last week that we talked about weren't all completely addressed because we have more questions pertaining to Genesis 1 to 22.
0: A lot of questions. A lot of questions. Some of you uh, put questions in the comment section. Some of you emailed us. Uh, lots of questions related to Genesis. Even questions. Genesis. What
1: is the appropriate way to email us or ask us questions?
0: Yeah, the best way is the comment section on YouTube. Yes. Uh, because that's the it's, then it's all in one place. But, I mean, you can also email us, too. Yes, that's fine. That's, that's totally true. fine.
1: The comment section but, is the best place. Yeah. And that's where we gather the stuff. Okay, yeah, but, Corey, we have 12 questions today. 12? That is most, a lot of questions. His, yeah, we're going to make history today with answering 12 questions. we
0: making, making history the second <laughs> week of January.
1: So um, let's just jump into it. Let's we got a lot jump of questions. in. Okay, Matt,
0: like, I'm going to ask you yeah. the first question. Sure. It's based on Genesis 1, so as early right. as we can get. Okay. In the Bible. Get Perfect. ready for it. Okay. Um, Candace asks, if the gap theory isn't true, I just wonder where dinosaurs fit in. Okay. What say you, Matlock?
1: All right. So just so everyone knows, gap theory is the idea that... Let me just read it. Genesis uh, verse 1 mm-hmm. and verse 2 of chapter 1. There, There's two different things happening. So mm-hmm. when it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. When it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, there's a gap between right. verse 1 and verse 2. Right. Where, where God created these things, like dinosaurs, this whole world, angels, mm-hmm. Satan fell, all these things happened, and that's the reason why the earth was a form and void, because it was this huge.
0: It was destroyed, so it existed, it was destroyed, yes. and then God started again, is God- the idea behind that's gap the general theory. principle.
1: Yes. Right. So now, people who don't subscribe to Gap Theory, I'm not one of them. Right. So, how do you explain dinosaurs is the question. Okay. Yes. Well, young Earth uh, creationists will often say that dinosaurs just existed among humans. Right. right. Yeah. And then you have old earthers who will say that dinosaurs always just kind of existed beforehand. There's mm-hmm. a, the Earth is old, but humans are not old, is the idea right. among old earthers. And then you have evolutionists that would just say, okay, well, uh, dinosaurs always existed. And they just kind of, they died off in the same pattern you see in all the evolutionary models. They died off millions of years ago, billions of years ago, whatever it is. Anyways, um, gap theory I don't think makes the most sense. I just don't think there's any evidence of gap theory. So yeah, I don't think it's true. And how dinosaurs fit in, I think dinosaurs just existed. Along humans personally. Right. I just so, yeah, so. In the,
0: so in the in the young earth creation model, the dinosaurs being fossilized, because fossils don't actually take they don't they don't, it's not necessary for a millions of years time scale to create a fossil. So right. in that in that theory, it's uh, the the Noaic flood or the flood of Noah, also talked about in Genesis, was the catalyst for a lot of the geological changes and a lot of the geological things that we uh, see on the earth today today and a lot of the fossils right. um, and and i'm pretty sure in young earth creationism it's it's the um noah's flood that uh they believe was the catalyst for the extinction of the dinosaurs yes. in the first place is that with the environmental change after the flood came the mass extinction of dinosaurs based off of food sources right being eliminated
1: right and so this comes down to a lot of like you know how do we explain the scientific evidence that you have it comes down to things that are just outside the bible basically yeah we're well, just not engaging in,
0: and then old Earth creationists, I think, like would would apply more to a day age model, where it's, right. it's rather than the gap theory, it's they they think that like by the time humanity was created on day six, a lot of time had actually passed. So it's not seven literal twenty four hour days. Each yes. of the days represents a longer period of time. So right. that in in their model, uh, that would explain dinosaurs and. Yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So,
0: yeah, there's so, different it, ways of looking at it. There's
1: different ways of looking at it. And it, to me, it's like, the you know, this is kind of off topic, but it, it, off topic in terms of the Bible. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the line sticking evidence for uh, recent dinosaurs was when they found the squishy, stretchy tissue of the T-Rex. Yeah, very cool. Um, Because when I first saw it, I was like, that's wild. So then yeah. I looked It's very cool. So then I look into, like, the explanation behind it. because like, oh, well, it's lasted millions of years. hmm in some sort of chasm, you know, uh, because it had a tremendous amount of iron in it. Right. And, and I'm like, okay.
0: Look, so, different different uh, uh, different me, environments was, do preserve things differently. Yes. But for it to have survived millions and millions of years You have to explain how it's earthquakes. Wild.
1: Why catastrophic events? Yeah. This thing is immovable. Yeah. This this flesh has been immovable for millions, tens of millions of years. I just wasn't sold. Like it's like saying it's, it's great. Iron is why well, just like magneto. Like, but um yeah i just it's very unconvincing so anyways besides that um that's a whole other discussion that we actually don't have time to delve into today the young earth old earth evolutionary creationist and then obviously theistic evolution all those different frameworks that's a whole other discussion i think what's interesting
0: is that there's problems with every theory because because we weren't there and we didn't know we've got we're 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 working with i know i'm I'm dabbling into territory where people will be like heretic i i promise i'm not it's gonna be okay but but um you know there's there's never there's there's evidences that weigh uh positively and negatively for each of these theories and i think we all just need to take a little bit a little bite of humility trust what the scripture says But also trust that we don't know everything personally as individuals, and that's okay. There is an objective truth. Something happened. We're going to find out what it is. We have theories about what it is. We're going to find out what it is one day. Right. One day.
1: Right. And yeah, that is, yeah. Wow, we're just gonna it's stop gonna there. Okay. We have to keep going because it's too many questions. It's gonna be okay. Okay, we're Malak, yeah, we got, you're right. You're okay. right. We've got
0: twelve. If we're gonna <laughs> go through twelve. I gotta yeah, speed I it keep, up. No time for philosophizing. Yeah, I know. Okay, it's
1: unfortunate because you left it just hanging there, and I was like, okay, well, just
0: hanging, just dangling. Hanging fruit,
1: and I just, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even bite it. There's nothing I can do. Malak, let me All ask right.
0: you another question, then. Yeah. Are you ready for it? Yes. Okay. This is from Mary Beth, and she says, uh, "For the weekend show, I came across teachings recently on a pre-Adamite world." So before a world that existed before Adam, I'm thinking this through as I read it, on a pre-Adamite world and ask your thoughts. Some of the verses they cite are Revelation 12, verses seven to 12, Luke 10, Verse 18 and mention in Genesis 1, verse 2, when the world was without form and void, it was because God had destroyed the prior world where Satan and his angels were cast down. I don't necessarily agree with this, but would like to learn more. So that's why I'm asking for your view, because I trust in your Bible integrity.
1: Right. Thank I appreciate you, Mary Thank Beth. you. I appreciate that, Mary Beth. Okay, so let's just go to chapter 10 and then uh,
0: of, uh, uh Luke, Luke. Okay.
1: Chapter 10, verse 18. Let's going to read that one first. Because it's on the way to Revelation. All right. <laughs> Fair and enough. then uh okay, so they cite Luke 10 18, which is which is I saw Satan fall uh, like lightning from heaven. Right? Now, mm-hmm. if you're just gonna cite that one verse, there's a whole bunch more you gotta cite mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk about what what he's referring to. Um and then let's just read <laughs> let's just read Revelation twelve, uh seven to twelve, which is also that the battle verse of God versus uh Of Christ versus uh, Satan and his angels, and the angels are battling. Sorry, just let me get there for a second.
0: Do you want me to read it? I have it. Yeah, please. Okay. Revelation 12, verses 7 to 12. Yeah. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives, even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short.
1: Right. Okay, so specifically Revelation, Corey, you can chime in anytime. any time, Revelation and even Luke 10, we're really talking about eschatology here. We're mm-hmm. not talking about the pre-world mm-hmm. at all. We're talking about the end times of what's going to happen. That's what Revelation is really about. Us moving forward towards a new heavens and new earth. Not, you know, (laughs) Genesis 1 being the new heavens and new earth. Um, So anyways, my point in saying that is that these verses do not correlate with Genesis 1 and Genesis 2.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't... Just because the Bible talks about this spiritual battle in heaven taking place, yeah. it doesn't necessitate an entire pre-Adamite world. Like those right. two things doesn't do not equate. Just because there's a spiritual battle between Satan and his angels and um the angel michael and and the faithful angels right. to God doesn't mean that there had to be a pre-adamite world that they destroyed. I think you can look at our world today and see evidence of great evil and see evidence of satan and and demons fallen angels working you know all throughout our history. so it's right. not as if the destruction of some sort of weird pre-adamite world stopped or was caused by right. Satan and his demons, because then why wouldn't God have dealt with it back then? So it's, it's not, it's not uh, a pre-Adamite world does not explain in a satisfying way these verses. And these verses do not necessitate a pre-Adamite world in order for them to right. make sense in the scope of what the Bible is teaching overall about God's redemptive plan for humanity.
1: Right. And, and if you look at Luke 10, just the verse, if you go from 17 to 20, mm-hmm. um, the 72 returned uh, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I gave, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, which is the spiritual powers, right? Serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Yeah. And
0: and Jesus is actually making reference back to the the fall of mankind in Genesis 3. Um, Yes. In Genesis 3.15. Yeah. um, Where God gives a prophecy to Eve. And he says, I will put uh, a a prophecy to, well, really, he's prophesying to the serpent. The evil one. um, But it's a prophecy regarding the offspring of Eve, children, human children. Yep. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Uh, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So Jesus is making reference back to the spiritual battle saying, you now have authority right. over evil spirits in my name. You can tread on serpents' heads. Right. So that's a reference back to Genesis 3. So Christ is fulfilling and um, yes. as, a, as, a, as, a, as a son of man. You know, a son yes. of Eve, he's fulfilling uh, Genesis 3. But
1: specifically Christ through us. We're using it in Christ's name in this context. Yeah. And Paul even references that verse in Genesis 3. Yeah. He's referring to the church. Yeah. Right? The church right will stomp on the head of serpents is the idea. So mm-hmm. that's what's really interesting. We're the body of Christ. feels that way. We're also dealing em- with and, evil. And we embody the spirit of Christ. Yeah. So, anyway, so this, I saw Satan fall like heaven. Notice here that this verse says nothing about time or place. Like it says, says nothing yeah. about when it happened, basically. Yeah. So, it like, that's so why I'm
0: saying. It doesn't necessitate a pre-Adamite world. No,
1: nothing does. There's nothing mm-hmm. that suggests it. Um, and so, I, Genesis one is is a broad overview mm-hmm. of what God created the heavens and the earth. That's true. He does, and then it goes into how He did it. Yep. Right. And I think there's just it's just normal language. Mm-hmm. We don't have to read more into that than what it is. It's just it's summarizing what's happening, and then it goes into detail of what's happening. Um, and then let's see now. Uh, yeah so I, yeah i don't think satan fell i don't think there's any evidence i think the only evidence in scripture that we have of satan falling is at the garden of eden when he tricked adam and eve i think in genesis 3. i think that's the evidence that we have And i think ezekiel 28 even testifies to that It talks about how radiant he was in eden and how beautiful he was and then he fell and so even ezekiel i think s- suggests that satan fell at that time um anyways so yeah i don't think there's evidence of pre-adamite world i think it can get dangerous because if you if you impart An evolutionary framework on top of that, that you have humans or pre-humans existing in a pre-Adamite world, right? There's a whole bunch of moral dilemmas that kind of come with that, um, in my view. Uh, So I don't think that you can have any humans existing before Adam, anyone that's redeemable whatsoever before Adam. I think it's strange also to say that Adam's grandfather was not redeemable okay so anyways but now that's that's different that's if you don't impl- em- employ genesis mm. verse two which is the earth was without form and void so that's another issue if you can see that so if evolutionary is true and the dinosaurs that say oh, had to exist how is the earth without form and void at all if dinosaurs existed prior You see what i'm saying there like you can't have the earth be without form and void truly and also have dinosaurs exist beforehand because and
0: then the, the fossils magically survive without modules, form and void. Exactly, yeah. you can't
1: have that. Like yeah. it's incompatible ideas, so it doesn't even prove itself. So to answer the first question, also, anyways, so I, yeah, I, again, I don't think it makes a lick of sense. Just unapologetically, I just think it's bad. I just think it's 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 silly. It's maybe it's fun for fiction. Fiction writers, you know, sometimes hypotheticals that are would good. Be a fun book. Yeah, hypotheticals <laughs> like Paradise Lost, they're good for creating different ideas about how things, you know could work or should work in certain environments because it gets your it gets the wheels turning, but they shouldn't be believed. Yeah. But the idea is to get you thinking in a certain way, right? Um, <clears throat> and sometimes to show the 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 fallaciousness of certain worldviews. You can create hypothetical situations uh that are completely fiction, such as a pre-adamite world, to create, you know, like a a way to be like, oh look, look how morality completely fails in this pre-adamite world. Uh so you know, it can work in that sense. Anyways, let's move on. Corey, move on. let's keep going. Okay Genesis 1 to 2, it's a viewer question from Doris, okay? Here it is. I'm curious to understand the record of God creating humans in Genesis 26 to 27 in contrast to Genesis 2 7 to 8 and 21 to 22. Now I've condensed this. this is huge. I've condensed this just so everyone knows. In Genesis 1 and 2, the accounts of man and women do not appear to be created at the same time. maybe not even in the same day. Could Genesis 2 just be more details to the creation story of mankind? Thank you for your further teaching you can provide about this. May God richly bless you and the entire team of your faithfulness that teaches word to the world. Thank you, Doris. Corey, what say you?
0: Hi, Doris. Thank you for your question. Okay. Yes, you say, could Genesis 2 just be more details to the creation story of mankind? Absolutely, that's exactly what it is. So Genesis 1 gives us a general overview. It's not getting into specifics. It's giving us a general rundown of how things went. And then Genesis 2 goes into detail about the most important element of creation as deemed by Genesis, which is mankind. And Genesis actually does this several times. This is a pattern within Genesis. So this is why we can be sure that Genesis 1 and 2, this is what's going on. So like if you jump, I'll just give you a couple examples. If you jump to uh, like Genesis... 10, it, Genesis 10 gives us, um, the sons of, so it's giving us the, the generations of the sons of Noah. Okay. So it's giving us all the descendants of Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Um, and you can see that it gives us the, the sons of Ham, and then it goes back in and gives us the, the, it, it draws out the story of Nimrod. Uh, like that one's that one's happening, but it's a little bit less clear. A little bit of a more obvious one is Genesis 11, where uh, after the Tower of Babel incident, it gives us the generations of Shem, the son of Noah. So it goes through all the descendants of Shem. And in this list, it's a general list, it gives us the account of um, Nahor and Terah and Abram, okay? So it's it's giving us this, this long list of descendants from Shem. It mentions Abraham, but it just keeps going on. Then it's not until the next chapter that it's like, okay, now let's focus in on the most important person for our purposes in this line, which is Abram. So then it goes into Abram. So it gives us like a general overview and then jumps into the important history. And there's several times in Genesis where this happens. So it makes sense that we see that in Genesis one and two. So general overview, and then focusing in on what actually happened. So it's very fair, I think, for the author to say, this is what happened, right? When God created mankind, he he made man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them and then it's like all right but how did this actually go down yeah here's how it went down and in then, genesis 2.
1: okay so to add to your point here too some, sometimes in genesis 2 it doesn't even go in ne- necessarily the exact order so for instance <clears throat> when it says uh um and then the lord formed the man of the dust of the ground mm-hmm. verse 7 and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature and the lord god planted a garden in eden in the east, and there he put man that he had formed." Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not saying that after he made man, therefore he didn't, therefore he made trees, you see what I'm saying? Well, okay, so, so, so
0: trees are different than the garden, though.
1: Yes. Yeah, what the what garden is, is, is like a special He made place. all that stuff first, and then he makes Adam. What I'm saying is it's not always telling you what the order is. Like he already made the trees, he yeah. already made the stuff, and then he brought Adam to the place. Yes. So I, I'm just trying to say the order of things, right? You have to look at it strictly like this is overview right? There's a sequence here that you, that you need to pay attention to in Genesis 1. And then number two is just getting into the details mm-hmm. about how that works. But it's not necessarily talking about always necessarily, you know, God created that thing in exact order.
0: Yeah. When we're dealing with ancient literature, right? They did things a little bit differently and they prioritized things differently than than what we do today. We prioritize... Um, like linear order, yeah, in our written history uh, and and even in our fiction, we prioritize literal, um, uh, uh, like uh, shoot, I, I lost the words, but we we uh, we prioritize uh, time and chronology, um, and it's a little bit different yes. in ancient narratives, depending on what kind of type of genre. Word you're in it's not it's not so far out of the mold that we can't right. understand it but it does yeah. some puzzling things to us if we're not careful
1: for the account of you know is eve made on the same day is eve made the sixth day there's a couple ways to look at this one uh god caused adam to to have a deep sleep he didn't naturally fall into his sleep so you could be like if you're looking at it from a young earth perspective he <laughs> fell to sleep let's say afternoon woke up in the evening so you have something where it's, it could be still 20, within a 24-hour period. I think it's more... But also, too, if it's not a literal 24-hour days, this, this... There's no problem. There's no problem whatsoever. Yeah.
0: If it is a literal 24-hour days, it, it could still happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the main issue yeah. is that God bringing all of the animals to Adam for him to name them, I think right. that's the main issue because it, then woman has to be created. But But it's not an impossible timeline. No. Depending on how you take like the animals. Well, I know also, I know younger creatures say like kinds and yeah,
1: how long's the sleep? Yeah. Could just mean deep sleep? It doesn't Boom. mean length like of sleep. Right. So that's what I'm saying is that like it's just not getting into um and it just mentions he fell asleep. Sleep does not necessitate nighttime. True enough. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yes. Okay. So fair either enough. way,
1: both models are, I think, work. Fair is enough. Is what I'm saying. Okay, Corey, let's move on. Yes. All right. Uh this is from Philip Harrison, seven two seven zero. Uh, pertaining to Genesis 2. One of my uncles once told me something interesting about the four rivers that came out of Eden. He said, two are known by man and two are not. Apparently, two of the rivers were in a dimension that we cannot see. Any help here would be appreciated.
0: Hey, Philip, thanks for your question. Uh, Yeah, I would disagree with that. I think it's an interesting theory, but I would disagree with that. And here's why. Because Genesis 2 speaks of them, those two rivers that aren't known uh, anymore. They aren't known any more. They talk of them as if they're extremely physical, like very real rivers. Uh, Let me read it to you. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. So we don't know what, what, like there is no river today that's called Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. So that seems to be physical. And the gold of that land is good. bdellium and onyx stone are there. So physical precious, like gems, mineable resources are there, physical again. And then in verse 13, the name of the second river is the Gihon, still not a known river today. There's like the Gihon spring in Israel, but that was likely named after this. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria, which today there is a river called the Tigris. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Again, in in like the ancient world, that was called the Great River. Now, we know that rivers and river patterns and even sea, like sea levels and lakes and oceans have changed dramatically in the last Few thousand years. Like we can see this with satellite imagery. We know there were rivers in the Middle East that no longer exist today. And even the Tigris and the Euphrates with satellite imaging, you can see how much their banks have changed course over the last few thousands of years. And you can even see there's cities that used to be on the banks of these rivers that are now a few miles away from the banks of the current rivers today. So there's been a lot of change when it comes to geography and and water. Uh, and especially if you take the account of Noah's flood seriously, even if you take it just as a very large regional flood that would be right in the in the in the area of the Tigris and the Euphrates and and where these other two rivers would have been. And so that would have really messed up, could have really messed up the flow of the rivers. And especially if you take the Noahic flood to be global, right? That that changes water patterns everywhere and changes geography everywhere. So I don't think, I think, like this is an interesting theory, but I don't think it holds water biblically because Genesis 2 seems to uh, describe these rivers very physically. The lands where they went, what those lands were known for, and they are physical resources rather than like spiritual things. Um, and also keep in mind, that Genesis 2 is describing the Garden of Eden as a physical place. So it's describing, it, like the purpose of the river was to water the garden, right? It flows out from Eden to water the garden and splits into four rivers. So uh, it's given a physical purpose rather than a there's, spiritual one. There's
1: no distinction between two rivers being physical and two rivers being yeah. spiritual. Yeah, It's all indications that there's one river that's split into four. Yeah.
0: Right? And the reason why we don't know two of those uh, rivers today is easily explainable based off of changing water water yeah. patterns and Noah's flood.
1: Geological main yeah. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> Let's move on. All Just right. throwing the paper. Look at you. We got you. too many papers. You're right. right. You're right. Let's yeah. go. All Let's, right. Is it for you or for me?
1: It's for me. Should I read my own question?
0: It's for you. <laughs> it's no, for sorry. Me. I was taking a drink. I need to look down at my paper. Okay, Matlock, This yeah. is for you. Genesis like 3. you said. Okay. Right. Um, this is from Pamela Maximo five three five. Who, by the way, there's a note in here has been publicly subscribed to me for a year to our channel. So thank you. Yeah. That's so cool. That's really neat. Okay. (laughs) She says, just a thought about the timing of Satan's fall. If you fell when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, why was there the tree of knowledge of good and evil before Satan's fall? In my mind, evil began when Satan fell. Did God create the tree of knowledge of good and evil before Satan fell because he knew Satan would eventually fall slash evil would occur?
1: Yeah, I would say that God knew evil was, was, would come about. You um, can sense everyone's heart. So he has this he's, his divine foreknowledge. He's mm-hmm. omnipotent or omniscient. Um, so uh, for the garden, uh, one, we had to, to ask the question, why did God create the garden of uh, tree of knowledge of good and evil to begin with? Yeah. So he, desi- he created it so that Adam and Eve could eat it eventually. That's what I think. So it's like, he didn't just create it as like, oh, this is there and it's just gonna wither and die. I think he creates that one day, Adam and Eve could eat it, but they have to do it in God's way. The means by God has set up for them, but they didn't do it in God's way. Um, So I think that, what is that? What are you thinking?
0: I'm, I'm hesitating, I'm hesitating on the, he created it purposefully for them to eat it. I believe it's more accurate to say He created it for them to have a choice to eat it, though he knew that they were going to eat it. But I think, I think there is a, there is like a theologically distinct motion there. Um, And it's okay for us to agree to disagree on this. Uh, But, but this is why I would say that because, um, because he told them not to. Yes. He knew they were going to. Yes. Even though he told them not to. And... It, it, would, it went against their human instincts to not eat it. God gave them the instincts to eat it. It's okay. fruit. It yes. looks good. Yeah. And yet he said, don't eat it. Yes. So their decision was uniquely, do we trust God or do we trust our own instinct? Do we trust God's yeah, word or that, do we trust our own That doesn't instincts? negate
1: the fact that if God made it to look delicious and good and eventually it would be eaten. That doesn't negate that fact. That just negates the fact that it shouldn't be eaten at this moment. All right. And I it think also negates the fact, it also doesn't take into account about when they're engaging with the serpent, do they know it's a divine being? I think that they <clears> do know.
0: Yeah, so, I think so too. So
1: in that case, it's like there's more, there's, there's more ante that's there. The ante's upped. So for, for for why this they took into it. So I think God created everything to be good. He didn't create the tree to be evil. In other words, I'm making this as it's uh, as. I don't think the tree was evil. What that's what I'm saying. So when you eat the tree of knowledge of evil, it became evil to them. They experienced evil because they did it in an evil way.
0: Because they. Because they disobeyed God. Yes. They didn't it was way. the disobedience that was that's evil, what I'm not like, the physical eating. That's of what I'm the fruit. saying.
1: So that's what I'm saying. So okay, so can, we're
0: saying a similar thing, but in, in right, a different because way. Because you
1: can eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What I'm saying is, eventually, I believe God created um, uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil so that Adam and Eve would eventually eat it. Maybe.
0: But, yeah. But we, we will never to, know. Because like, eating, on this side of heaven, eating, we'll never know.
1: eating is inherently a ritual that you do with people in fellowship. You fellowship with God when you do it. Mm-hmm. In this case, they took good and evil and fellowshiped with Satan instead. Right. It was a, it was a, the tree they, of they life. They cut God with, out of it. The tree of life is with God, and it was supposed to be knowledge of good and evil with God. Mm-hmm. God was not participating. So it was it was a wrong way of doing it. So if God participated with the knowledge of good and evil, it would simply be in my head. Okay, they know what good is, and they know what evil could be. Mm-hmm. In other words, they know what. In other words, they're not experiencing evil. That's what happened afterwards because we went through it in an experiential. We they had a it, they had a
0: head knowledge of what evil was, but not an experiential knowledge. Right, of and what that evil came was. in
1: through actually sinning and doing that different yeah. stuff. Yeah.
0: So, like, so I think the distinction here is that it's like humanity was given authority on the earth. To keep evil away from it. And I think that's a huge element of why Adam and Eve were created in the image of God, because they were going to carry out God's mission to to hold back evil and to overcome it. Yes. Right. So Adam and Eve had a mission of cultivating, essentially spreading the Garden of Eden across all the earth. Right. Um, And but instead of doing that, they partook of evil because rather than trusting god and his timing and his his word they decided to cut him out of the equation trust their own instincts No, this is food this is right. good we know what's best and and went ahead and eat it and and therefore evil was invited into the world and into the the lives and the hearts and the minds yes. of adam and eve right um and so, and so it's not as if the tree itself was evil, as if the fruit was like a, like the fruit itself encapsulated evil, like the poison apple yeah, of the tree Snow of knowledge White.
1: knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what's key. That's a tree of good and evil. Because tree of by of
0: disobeying evil. God, yeah. they would sin and therefore reap the consequences of sin, which was a, a severed relationship with God.
1: Yes. Yes. So, and so, and, and that's, I think that's really important because even when you have like, for instance, in uh, Matthew 7, is it verse 7? When Jesus says, You being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, yeah. right? You don't give your kid a, a snake when he needs a loaf of bread or a yeah. fish. Um, the point here being said is that you, as, as someone who's eaten of the tree of knowledge, of good and evil, you know what goodness is, yeah. even though you yourself are evil. Yeah. Because your goodness that you were created to be has been polluted by sin. Yeah. So now you're evil.
0: But you still know. But, but
1: you still know the you still know the difference. Mm-hmm. So that, the love of
0: God has written on our hearts, that, all of us, right. every one of us. Right.
1: So the point in saying that is, is that um the tree of knowledge, of good and evil was supposed to be taken in the right way, and it was taken in the wrong way in disobedience, not yeah. in faith. All yeah. this stuff, right? Yeah. And so I, I think th- that's the thing. So it's like I think everything was made to be enjoyed, but again, when you look at the serpent, not as like a snake, but as a divine being, right? This is Satan, and if if they know it, because what happens after that? There's an angel with a fiery blade stopping them from entering. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like how Eden was like it was a union between heaven and earth. Yeah. And. How, what Eve and Adam saw, I don't know, but it seems like a lot of celestial and they and they dynamism. and they were a
0: lot more um, up close and personal with God than we can be today, right? Like they walked and talked with Him in the garden.
1: That's right. So I think, assume,
0: as, like as presumably on the daily, yes, every day, and,
1: and that's that that human aspect. Okay, not to get into too much, but like <laughs> I know we got, got a lot of questions. I know there's so yeah. much going on here. Okay, anyways. <laughs> So yeah, we got got to keep moving. But the point here to be made is, is that like they were, uh, you know, speaking with a divine being and they knew it, but they didn't know they were being like completely duped, right? They were tricking themselves. It's a whole thing. But the point is, yes, God did not make evil, right? Yeah. No, no. Evil came in afterwards. Yeah. And they all fell there. Let's move on. Okay, Genesis 3, 4 now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've go.
0: just made it to 3 and oh, 4, Matt walk. This is from Matlock. It says, this is from Deborah. It says, "Cory and Matt, I have two questions. If there was no sin before Adam and Eve ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then why did Eve add to what God told them? Uh, she said, nor touch it when she told yes. Satan what God had told them. God told them not to eat of it. I don't see anywhere where God told them not to touch it. Did she lie? My other okay, question Pause okay. there. Let's just
1: yeah. let's carry on. No, it's not a lie. If you say, okay, I'm not gonna touch it, yeah. that's not a lie. i like, because put it hypothetically, she could be
0: this, misunderstood. Like she yes. she could be mistaken rather than be lying. Mistaken,
1: or if it's like, okay, we can't eat of it. And so let's we'll make a general rule that we make. Let's yeah. not even touch it. Let's not yeah. get near it. Like,
0: like as a couple, Adam and Eve may have been like, okay, rule based on God's rule. Right. Well, let's not even touch it.
1: That's right. But in this moment, so it's not like we can. It, it, what's difficult about this is we can't just be like okay in this exact point in time like we're talking about something that's very fluid like you can't even yeah. identify try to say oh the moment is now well, that's already past yeah. right? you can't identify a point in a very single I- moment in the present without mm-hmm. it being already past mm-hmm. or already the future because the future and the past they're both <clears throat> it's fluid so it's hard to say where's the exact minuscule moment discrete package of when sin enters, it's like okay we well, can't well
0: but we know that she 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 wasn't fallen, she hadn't sinned until she no, ate it.
1: Right, but narratively, like just in terms of looking at mm-hmm. it like a story. She was on building, the slope. She's on the slope. She's building into this thing, right? Yeah, so she was all, on the
0: on-ramp so to their, sin Their, at that their moment. own
1: laws then become God's law. Yeah. And in that moment, so it, was, it was several, that's what I'm saying. It's she set just,
0: herself up to fail because then she touches it and she's like, I'm not dead.
1: Exactly. So she makes a yeah. rule, don't touch it, then she touches it, it's like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. So it's like a couple things that are factored in there.
0: We have to we have to always maintain the distinction between what God has said versus how we have personally decided to follow what God has said. That's right. See what I mean? And this was the problem with the Pharisees and Jesus as well. Because when Jesus came to earth, there were systems that men had worked out to follow god's law so it was like the best intention how do we follow god's law in our culture well let's make all of these laws that will help us follow god's law in our specific culture but then they that became god's word yes not god's actual word and we all do this all of us do this in our own life and in in our own church cultures so this is a warning from the very first story of mankind is a warning against elevating our word to be God's word. It's not in and of itself a sin until we follow it through to become ex- a sin.
1: Exactly, so the pedestal is higher, the exchange happens yes. or it melts into itself. It's like yes. your word is God's word and they're morphed together where it needs to be that hierarchy where it's God the man. and man. Yes. It's interesting because it's part, of, it's part of our faculties to create rules. And, you know it's, it's how we take dominion essentially it's part so it's part of our uh, image of God and part of being a rational creature to make rules yeah so it's not wrong to make rules right it's how but we, we just have
0: to remember what God said versus what our rules priority
1: structures So, Corey let's move on <laughs> let's but I'm going to give you the second half of oh the question, sure right because it's dressed to both you and I so the other question is did Cain hate Abel to the point that he never had any remorse over killing him other than curse God other than the curse God put on him Thank you for uh, t- uh, talking wow. Thank you for taking the time to answer my questions for all of you and your family too. I have learned so much in the last 8 years watching uh, Quick Study Bible Discovery. God bless you and your family in Bible Discovery. Your sister in Christ, Deborah D. Thanks right, Deborah. Corey.
0: That that's lovely. Um okay. Did Cain hate Abel to the point that he never had any remorse over killing him other than the curse God put on him? Yes. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We know that at first, Cain was so hardened by his anger, uh, potentially by his jealousy, by his outrage over his perceived injustice. Yes. He believed God to be unjust, and he was so angry and so seared by that. And we see that play out in Genesis 4 and the conversation going back and forth between Cain and God. But life is a long time and we just simply don't know what happened to Cain at the end of his life. Again, he's a cautionary tale for us, right? We're supposed to see what our anger can turn us into. We're supposed to see what not heeding God's warning about, our, about, about overcoming sin versus letting sin overcome us. We're supposed to see what the outcropping, the outworking of that is, and it's not pretty. So, I mean, God didn't execute Cain. God had Cain walk around as a symbol of that. And still, even though he's dead and gone, he still, in a sense, walks around as a symbol to us of that. Doesn't he? Because his his life in, in, is recorded in here, but we simply don't know if he came to that came to a place of repentance or acknowledgement or sorrow later in his life. He may have, but we just don't know. Yeah, that would be my my response. Yeah, and what do so you think? You yeah, anything to add?
1: no, I think it's good, and I think too to add to this, Cain's um, fury essentially that he yeah. has right because it's like it's not just like. Um, a typical anger like your anger at a a kid or something Mm -hmm. for being annoying because that happens all the time Mm -hmm. quite frankly Mm -hmm. too much anyways (laughs) but we're talking about um he had such fury and like basically madness and jealousy like you were saying over Abel um because Abel gave his best of flock but Cain didn't and you have that legalism there again yeah I'm just going to give you what I have
0: yeah I'm going to give you I'm going to give you what what I think is good
1: so again you have a rule change my rule is that I'm going to give you what I think. Like I this. did
0: the hard work. Yeah. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep what I want. I'm going to give you what I don't want. I'm That's going to right. give you what I decide. That's right. It's not, again, not a good Again, you have, you have a that good pattern attitude. there
1: again. And then when someone does the right thing, and then Abel becomes the first martyr. Yeah. All right, Corey, let's continue. Let's
0: continue. Let's
1: go. Yeah.
0: We're still oh. in Genesis 4. All
1: right, Corey. Yeah. Here we go. Yep. Did Cain know that the offering should be meat and fat and not wh- what he did for a living? After all, people need the grains, garden stuff. This is from Linda.
0: Yeah. Okay. So there's a, thank you, Linda. There's a, there is that theory out there that Cain's offering was rejected because it wasn't meat and fats. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I don't think that that's the point of Genesis 4. I think the point of Genesis 4 is that Abel gave the best of what he did, but Cain did not give the best of what he did. Yes. Uh, and, and like, that's that's literally what it says, right? It's
1: grain offerings. Yes. Yeah. So we
0: know that, especially if first fruits, this seems to be to me, and I could be wrong, but what I think Genesis is actually talking about is a first fruits offering, which was when you got your harvest of whatever you did, you brought your first fruits and you celebrated before the Lord. So it doesn't say that this is a sin offering. If it was a sin offering, it absolutely needed to be meat and fat and blood, right? But it doesn't say that. Um, so Cain bringing of his crops would not be inappropriate for a first fruits offering, but it needed to be the best portion of his, the the first fruits, the best of, uh, what he had to offer. And apparently that was not, that was not what he did. Um, and we see it, it exposes the evil that was already lurking in his heart. Right? Yeah, uh, because God talks to him about it.
1: It says here, and Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions, and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Yeah. So in other words, he didn't care. So he didn't care about bringing his best, right? So it doesn't have to be because oh, he, you know, he's a he's a. Yeah, yeah, he's a farmer. Therefore, it's worse off for him. And
0: the reason why I think it is like a like a first fruits offering is because that language is used in Genesis 4 verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portion. So it's, it's that idea of like, it's the firstborn, it's the first fruits offering, but Yes. Cain apparently doesn't offer the best. And
1: there once again, there's green offerings in Leviticus. And Absolutely. Stuff. So it's like Absolutely. there's nothing wrong with it. Corey? Yep. Let's move on. Moving on. All right. This is from uh Denise Klein Thatcher, 8380. Okay, so this is change to, to Genesis 4. Um, from where this is question A, B, and C four three nice. questions. Uh from where did or why would Cain find people and a wife? Start
0: Yes. There. Yes. Okay. Uh okay. So, there's two theories on this. Uh, the, the Young Earth theory is that, I think even some old Earth creation theories as well, Yeah, is that Adam and Eve had lived for a very long time by now and we don't know how old Cain and Abel were, but they were full grown men. and And they had long lifespans and they had long lifespans they were they were full-grown men and they were because they had jobs and they were offering like their their first fruits to god or not cain so the idea is that cain found a wife from among his
1: sisters yeah
0: that's the that's the theory that's the idea that's
1: it and then the other one i've heard uh which i'm not committed to because i'll tell you why in a second is that when it says in Genesis 1 that God created um, man and he created man and woman in their image, he made multiple people. Right. And he created all then these people. And took
0: Adam and Eve special and put them in the Garden yes, of Eden. Yes, took
1: Adam special, then put – yeah, right. formed Eve. And right. then made – Eve. That's and right. the Sorry. difficulty with that is that because Eve is formed, which means mother, mother of mankind, right, yeah. is formed out of Adam, yes. it would seem strange to create a special class of people Yes, that's different from – so you get that into one, racism. That
0: one – doesn't make a whole lot of sense to no, me. No,
1: I don't like it because it gets into that racism idea. Yeah, because uh, you like there's, there's a whole other class. But they're like, but, they're like, but, you know, they all would have integrated together. You know, you have the mm-hmm. Neanderthals. They would have integrated with other humans. And it's like, okay, still different races of people who are inferior and people made in God's image. Just doesn't, doesn't work for me. It doesn't fly. Yeah. So anyways, so that's that. So I think just that is so far is the best explanation. Unless someone yeah. comes up with a better one. I think the first one's probably the best. Yeah,
0: one. I think it makes a lot of sense. I, like, yeah. literally, they were living for hundreds of years, and you can, you know, ladies, you can have a baby once a year if if that's if if your body is working tip top shape. Uh, that's right. Or or once every couple of years. So.
1: Gory, question B. Yes.
0: Oh, right, question B. Does anyone
1: know the approximate age of Abel? Also, no. Cain when he was killed.
0: No, sadly, no. Abel, so. They seem to be full grown men. Yes. So. That's all, that's all we've got. They seem to be full grown men because God holds them accountable for their actions. They are in, they are established in their professions. Um, And however, Cain's not married yet. So he's a full grown man, but he's not old because he's not married yet. Right. So he's not like advanced age. Right. But again, their lifespans were very long. And so we see even like it's not unheard of in the list of the patriarchs right after right before and right right after the flood for them not to be having children until they're like 300, which is a wild concept. So
1: Right. Do with it as you will. We don't really know.
0: That's right. Unfortunately.
1: All right, question C. Why was Genesis the very first book of the Bible written?
0: Some people say yes, some people say no. Some people say Job was probably the first book of the Bible that was written because uh, they ascribed Job to Moses. But again, we're not really sure. Um, if Job wasn't, then yes, Genesis. I would go with the classical, traditional Jewish and Christian understanding of the Bible where Genesis was was written first because it was written by Moses upon uh, the the exodus from Egypt. Right. When he's he is in charge of you know, establishing Israel as a nation and leading them to the promised land, he's collecting their histories. And, and the reason why I'm using the term collecting is because this absolutely had to have been based off, I think, had to have been based off of family records that had been passed down.
1: And oral tradition.
0: And oral traditions that yeah. had been passed on in Israel. Yeah. So I don't think he was working from scratch, but I think Genesis as we've received it today Uh, Was originally the first book of the Bible that was written, written uh, by Moses uh, and edited by later editors as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Okay. That's what I would say. All right, Corey. Yeah. Dishing this one off.
0: (laughs) Another one bites the dust.
1: All right, Corey. We got four more questions. Okay,
0: let's let's zoom through these.
1: Let's do it. All right. So uh, it's actually for me.
0: Oh. I'm Sorry, gonna, I'm, I'm drinking my water. I'm gonna
1: read it out loud Please. and we'll just talk. Read it so and this answer. Is, it. This is from uh Cynthia Dixon eight mm-hmm. nine three four. So hey th- Cynthia. <laughs> Genesis four fourteen. Cain was afraid someone would kill him. Yeah. Who would uh that have been and how much violence was on the earth? I always thought Cain and Abel were the first two people born. Maybe yes. Seth was the first son? Question mark.
0: Can I can I chime in? I know That's, it's for you. Yes, yeah,
1: go. Go.
0: Okay. So In the Old Testament world, the people who were responsible for executing criminals was the family, like executing murderers, I should say, was the family of the murdered. So Cain and Abel were probably twins, may have been twins or very close together. Abel may have been married already and had children. Again, full-grown man, right? His family would have been what was referred to in the ancient Middle East as the Avenger of Blood. Right. So they would have been responsible for exacting judgment, justice, on the murderer, which would be Cain. So Cain's afraid that the family of Abel, if Abel wasn't married, it would have been someone else that would have been Um, given the task by the patriarch of the family, Adam, because he was still alive, would have been like, okay, you're the avenger of blood. And they would have been responsible for essentially executing Cain. Right. Uh, Except that God put a mark on Cain to stop that from happening. Yes. So, yeah. I don't think he was, he, like... Some people are like, see, this is evidence that there, there's other, a ton of other human beings. Right. I think there were a decent amount of human beings on the planet, but I think it's entirely possible, depending on when this Cain and Abel thing happened, there was a lot of other brothers and sisters, right, Appenum and grandchildren
1: happening. And, and, yeah. So when uh, it says verse three, chapter five, verse three, when Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness, after his image, and named him Seth. Yep. Um, the days after uh, Adam he fathered Seth were 800 years and he had other sons and daughters.
0: Yeah. Right there. So, we've got a we've got a we've got an age limit. So th- this actually references back to the ages of of Cain and Abel, right? right? Because if we know that Cain and Abel were born before Seth and Adam had Seth when he was 130. Yeah. And Eve's a little bit younger than Adam. Yeah. Okay. So we have, uh, we know that Cain and Abel are less than hundred, 130 years old. Yes. Right? They might be 100 years old. They might be 80 years old. They might be 100, like, well, we don't know. We well, just don't know. Yeah,
1: I think too. I think Cain was the firstborn. Yeah, yes. but, but a
0: lot of people think Cain and Abel were twins. Oh, I because
1: see. Because we've, we've got Cain, we've got right. Cain
0: and then immediately after Abel. Yes. Right? When, when Eve names them.
1: Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Um, So, yeah, again, I don't think Seth was the first son, but he was. No, he wasn't. But he
0: was the first son born after Cain killed Abel. But not necessarily, there could have been many other sons in between. But because Cain was the firstborn son, he would have been like the next in line. When Adam would die, it should have been Cain to take over that position. But Cain lost that position by murdering Abel. So then the, the, the next, like, firstborn son was Seth right. at that moment.
1: So let's keep going then. Let's keep I think going. you're right. Okay. So Genesis 5. Now, Corey, I'm going to say this out loud because it's a really easy question. The question is, it's from Pamela Maximo 535 another one who's publicly, publicly subscribed for a year. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And That's the,
0: awesome. Thank the, you so much. The
1: question is. Wait,
0: wasn't that the same? It's no. the same? It's the same yeah, person? It's the same person.
1: Oh wow. Two congratulations in one. All right. <laughs>
0: Two congratulations. Were in one. Shem,
1: Ham, and Japheth triplets. We have no clue. But I would say unlikely. But we have no clue. I would say that it's unlikely. Yeah.
0: Um, I think I I think it's probably unlikely, but maybe. Yeah. We're not told, we're not given again, uh, when they're mentioned in, in Genesis. Uh, Genesis five. It's the it's like the general overview, but we do have them being treated like oldest, middle, and young youngest, and then the roles get reversed, uh, right. which is a really interesting study that we don't have time to get into. But yeah.
1: All right, now, Corey, we have <laughs> finally finished the questions pertaining to the first week of, finally. There's only so many questions. Okay, so now
0: we're, we're now at like 52 minutes.
1: Yes, we have. We're moving two on questions to the last
0: two questions that, that actually pertain, pertain to, to our.
1: Yeah, 23 I to 40. I love this, cases. guys. Thank you. Okay, so here's the two questions. Yeah. This one's from Linda. Okay. Okay, why did God rename Jacob to Israel? I know it means struggle with God, but there's the country Israel and the Israelites' name. I always wondered that. Why?
0: Yeah, Um, God renames. So in the account of God renaming Jacob, it gives the justification where Jacob um, uh, Jacob means like grasper, a struggler. It has like a like a negative connotation, Um, and then it kind of gets it gets turned into a positive because Jacob's whole life is is characterized by struggle and grasping and trying to like climb and 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 get ahead and everything like that so um when god confronts jacob uh at at peniel and and they have this wrestling battle all night uh and and jacob doesn't die which he should have died but he doesn't die and god doesn't kill him uh god renames him into this name that that um, is you've struggled with man and you've struggled with God and you're here, right. you've persevered. It, like God has persevered you. And and you, like it it, it. it, future casts to Jacob is going to be the son through whom the promise to his grandfather Abraham travels through his right. line. So, it's not that Jacob is great, it's that God is great. Uh, and yeah, so he changes his name and to Israel, and the nation of Israel adopts that, uh, knowing the significance of that name. And
1: what's interesting too, so Jacob is born um, and uh heel grabber, right? Mm-hmm. He's born out with his brother Esau, and he's grabbing his heel as he comes out. And that's precisely what happens as well, not precisely, I should say, it's the imagery that's used as. Uh, I was going to say Christ, but God's leaving in that wrestling match. and He goes, "Don't leave unless you he bless me." He grabs him. He grabs mm-hmm. him, and I'd like to always imagine that's grabbing the heel. It's like that idea yeah. <laughs> that that he's like, "Look, you can't leave unless you bless me." It's that same imagery that's being used. Like you're saying, he's always climbing. He's always even his life to get to get married. Oh man, right? it's Rough constant, <laughs> constant. So anyway, so he struggles with God and he perseveres. Mm-hmm. Is the idea. So yeah, that would be that, Corey. Next question. Next Genesis question. 36. Yeah. Are we going to make it? We're going to make it. Good morning, Corey. This is the first time I've emailed you, but I've watched the daily BDTV Bible reading study broadcast for years. I very much enjoyed the whole program and especially enjoyed the very interesting information you and Ryan give in your segments. I have a couple questions for you and Matlock. Will you please explain the chiefs of Esau's sons? Genesis 36, 15 to 30. Why are they called chief? Dukes as they're called in the KJV. Yes. What is the significance of this title? Do the fathers of these chiefs decide which son will be chief? Thank you, Pamela Maxwell. Look at this, oh, Pamela.
0: I know, Pamela's got some good questions. I know. This week. That's awesome. Thank Uh, you for sending us all these questions. They're really, really good ones. Um, Their birth order would generally decide which one was a chief. So um, the entire ancient Near East, all of ancient Mesopotamia, was a patriarchal society. So that meant that the oldest male member of a household was responsible for the economic, the social, the religious, all of the well-being of his family. This worked really well when you had a good patriarch, and it worked really bad when you had a bad patriarch. We have examples of both in the Bible. So the uh, when when a family unit would get too large to live together any longer and be under one patriarch, they would split and become their own family heads. And we see this in Genesis when Abraham and Lot separate, right? So Lot is under the patriarchal authority of Abraham, but then when his household gets too large, he separates from Abraham and he becomes the patriarch of his own branch of the family. Now they're still kin they're still related. So they still had a kinship covenant relationship between one another, but now it's more on an equal playing field because Lot is responsible for his family and Abraham's responsible for his family. We still see that family connection when Lot gets himself in trouble with the kings of the plain and they kidnap him, remember, in his whole household. And Abraham's like, okay, now we got to go fight and get him back, right? So we get to see those kinship relationships between patriarchal heads happening right before us in Genesis. So the sons of Esau who become the Edomites, right? A similar thing is happening here where um, we see these tribal heads, which are called chiefs, uh, I guess dukes in the KJV, but but chiefs in most of the other English uh, translations, uh, that's what's happening. So they're chiefs of family tribes, family clans. So they're the oldest male member generally, sometimes a younger member would usurp, but generally speaking, it's the oldest male member, like Jacob, right? Jacob was not the oldest male member. He was actually the youngest, the the second born, but he usurped. Same with David. David was not the oldest, but he usurped it. So there's examples of the patriarchal structure uh, being kind of uh, shifted or undermined or worked around. Uh, but I mean, that's right. humanity. That's what that's happens. Right. So yeah, these were uh, tribal heads. Uh, and they they would have had their own territory, that it would have worked uh, among um, probably well among each other. I guess that's the idea. But a similar thing happens with the with the sons of Jacob, right? Where you've got the eleven sons of Jacob, and then Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, get adopted by Jacob. So then we've got the twelve tribes of Israel. And we had tribal heads, things like that. Yeah. I think yeah. it's
1: interesting that the KGB, I didn't know this, translated dukes. Well, I it mean, that's sense. the old English I know, version makes, of it, right? Yeah, it makes sense.
0: But uh, un- yeah. unfortunately, most of us now, so, we're so far removed from that those, system of royalty that we're like, right. well, it's a duke. So all
1: those King James-only guys were you need dukes. You just, it has to be dukes.
0: It has to be, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it has to be dukes.
0: It can't it's, be chiefs. It's a fun word. I'm into, I'm into royals. I'm into European royals. I think it's really interesting how the systems all no, work. So it, I'm okay it with it okay with
1: it. Well, Corey. We did it. We did it. Under an hour. And if you haven't (laughs) done so already, this is the Bible Guide. If you want to subscribe, call in, go to our website, biblescufferytv.com, get a Bible Guide. Donation of
0: any amount. Donation of any amount. Any amount. It could even be a penny if you're really... That's just how our system works. This is the February Guide. There is a suggested donation to cover the cost if that's what you are able to do. But if you can't, we'd rather you just read through the Bible, so do what you can do. (laughs) <laughs> do what you can do. There's a digital version. There's a print version. Yeah. Email yeah. us. Call us. Write to us. Go yeah. on our website. You can do it yourself. Up to you. But join that's us. Right. There's still time. There's that's still right. time to do it. We're, we're and that's the point of the show. Right? The show is just- as you're
1: going through the Bible, you're going to have questions Fun. that you need to, You need to dialogue through. You need to think things through. Yeah. Right? We don't always have the answers, but the, the whole point of this show is to get you thinking critically about the Bible. So if you think, think critically about it, and, and you, know, you know, it'll be useful in reading the Bible.
0: Yeah, and, and in your life as well. That's right. It becomes more useful in your life. Okay guys, That's it. write any comments or questions down below. I'm I'm excited to look, look I'm gonna be looking out for them. Um, until next week. <laughs> there goes the last paper, we did it! It's
1: over. You know,
0: second weekend, <laughs> we're already busting through walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay guys, until next week, happy reading and studying.